Welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I love to bring you incredible guests every week who share their stories with us and the incredible things that they've been through and what they're doing to help people today. So this show is all about your personal growth, taking away something that you can apply in your life, in your business, and you can start seeing changes and transformation right away. So speaking of changes and transformation, I have something really cool that just opened up. We just opened up the Self Project membership. And so this membership is all about a space for you to come to just find support and connection and fun in kind of your healing and motherhood and holistic wellness journey. So it's a space where we're really going to explore a lot of different topics. We're going to be doing a lot of healing. We're going to have just so much fun inside. And so if you are interested in joining us, you can check out the link in the bio and I hope to see you there. But in the meantime, let's let's go to our incredible guest today. Her story is absolutely inspirational. She's going to tell you all about how she got to this point in the subway that uh, became her turning point to where she catapulted herself into a seven-figure business owner now today. So sit back and let's dive in. Welcome back to the show today, and I am really excited to have on with us today, Monica Shaw. And Monica is a seven-figure business owner, and she teaches women business owners how to double or triple their income. And I'm just, I'm not going to share too much because I think that her story is going to be really, really inspiring for all of us listening. But basically, um, she, she's kind of been right where all of us are at, you know, starting these businesses. Um, maybe we've gone into some debt just because we believe that much in our mission and what we're doing, but sometimes we feel like we're checking all the boxes, but we're spinning our wheels. Like when are we gonna find that, that tipping point? So I just, I guys think that you're really gonna, um, enjoy Monica's story. So Monica, thank you for being here today and giving your time to come and speak with us. So if you didn't mind sharing with us, I would just love, like I said, to hear just more of your story, kind of where you started, where getting so tongue tied, kind of where you started and, um, how you, how you built this business for yourself. Yeah, sure. I, um, you know, I, I got my MBA from the Kellogg School of Management and I, uh, and then I went to work at L'Oreal Paris. And I thought, like so many other entrepreneurs, that because I had been doing successful work for other people, that I would just be able to jump in and be able to do this business no problem, right? I thought it was hot shit. I had the MBA, I had the marketing experience at L'Oreal. <laughs> like, and then I started doing it. And I, I bet my experience, like many of your experiences, it was like I had jumped into a pool and I thought it was warm water and it was like ice cold. <laughs> and within, 25, within 12 months of starting my business, I was $25,000 in debt. And I'd love to be able to say that that $25,000 in debt was um, good debt or like in that it was, you know, it was based on me buying like great shoes or clothes, but it wasn't, it was 
regular business debt and me buying things and trying to figure out how to stay afloat in my business courses and programs, et cetera, and feeling like I didn't know what to do to generate revenue. And I, I run into entrepreneurs who have this problem all the time, you know, and what I think is hardest about it is that there's this secret shame that we carry um, around the debt in our closet growing and growing and growing and that debt you know if you're if you're running a multi-level marketing company sometimes that debt looks like all the products that you've ordered that you're not selling um if you're somebody who is a service professional it can look like every course that you've taken or program or certification that you don't feel like you've used or made money from it can look like years of trying to do all the things, right? And, and not really making a sizable in income from it. And for me, I, you know, that $25,000 in debt was starting to get heavier and heavier, not just in terms of the debt itself, but like the psychological weight of carrying it. You know, we go from the, I went from this space of being a highly successful corporate woman with an MBA from the Kellogg School of Management and, to this woman who's a business owner who was in crazy amounts of debt. And I think so many of us go through that like major identity shift, right, of being an entrepreneur and then the shame that comes from not being successful right away, not knowing what to do to create that success. So I, you know, I, I hung in there for a little while and then I decided, you know, I had to start to figure out how I was gonna generate money. So I did what a lot of New York folks do, which is hustle. And I started to do everything I possibly could to make money. I apologize, folks. I've got a brand new kitten um, and she's entertaining. Um, but she doesn't quite realize that I'm in the middle of a story. Anyway. <laughs> I love impromptu appearances. I have five boys, so they often will come zipping through or ask a really you know, insignificant question that doesn't need to be answered right then. So I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, she hasn't quite, she's only uh, 12 weeks old. So she hasn't quite understood that I, I'm running a business. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> exactly. Silly kitten. Um, anyway, so there I am trying to make this money and figure out what I was going to do next. I started renting my um, apartment out on Airbnb like every single week to the point where it's like my friends start you know being a little hesitant to introduce me to new people because I'd be like hi do you have an extra bedroom you know and they'd be like uh mom inappropriate question and and uh and so because I really needed space to stay other than my own apartment so I uh there's one particular day where I had left my Airbnb and I got on the subway and I got off the subway, it was the BDFQ, and I had three bags on one arm, three bags on another arm, a bag across my chest, and a roller bag that I was carrying up the subway stairs. And as I went up the subway stairs, all the New Yorkers who are the nicest people on the planet started to completely uh, rush by me. The bags are falling off, the roller bags falling down the stairs. I finally get to the top of the stairs and I look to the left and the escalator is broken. I look to the right and the elevator is broken. And I look in front of me and there's three more flights of stairs to get to street level. 
And at that moment, I just got really tired. And I put my bags down on the floor. And then I did the unthinkable. I sat down on the New York subway floor. You know you've hit rock bottom when you sit down on a New York subway floor. And there I was like sitting in this pile of bags, tears rolling down my face, people walking by me, trying not to look at me, but looking straight at me. And I had this moment where I realized I had to figure out how I was going to make money, real money in my business. Or I had to go get a job because I didn't have any space left on the credit cards. I didn't have any room left in my heart, right, to keep lying to my friends and family when they said, how are you doing? And I would say, great. Uh, and I got clear that I gave myself 12 months to figure it out. And during those 12 months, I hired marketing mentors and experts and other folks to, to try to help me. And what I got clear on is that I was just missing I was doing everything but the things that actually make money in business. And I wish that I could say that people today are better at this, but they're not. In fact, marketing and sales has gotten so much more confusing because there's so many more things that you could do, everything from Clubhouse to Instagram, that I think people are still missing the point on what they need to be doing to make money. And for me, I just, you know, I was working 12, 13, 15 hour days and not doing the things that generate revenue. And when I finally got clear on what those things were that generated revenue, everything shifted for me. I was able to put 25,000, put, uh, pay off that $25,000 in debt. And then I put $12,000 in the bank within 18 months. Uh, and then every year since then, I've been able to double or triple my revenue. In 2013, we crossed seven figures, and we've been a seven-figure coaching company ever since, including um, last year, right, during COVID. That was one of our biggest and most profitable years. Uh, and what, I, what I'm most proud of at this point is that my mission on the planet is to help women entrepreneurs make more money. because. I really want to even out the gap between men and women, especially around money, because what I know to be true is that when we put enough money into the hands of the right women, this world will look like a different place uh, because women are change makers. And up until this moment in time, the code, the, the code of money has been in the hands of men. And my mission is to put it in the hands of women so that we can actually start making change, starting with our own families, right? And then making change and spreading that around the world. Uh, and it's, I'm thankful to say that in my own circle and the Revenue Breakthrough Circle and the Revenue Breakthrough Family, it's already happening. And I'm excited to spread it even further because ultimately uh, every major movement needs funding. So if there's something in your heart that is calling to you about change, the best thing that we can do as women um, is make the money, make the money to change it. And I will tell you, making money is a lot faster than changing legislation. <laughs> um, and so when I look at women around the world and the kinds of rules and laws that we are governed by, it feels like we're, we're going achingly slow for that sort of change. But what I do see happening is that women with money can make that change now, both for themselves and for other women to create a legacy. Uh, I'm bouncing in my seat over here. <laughs> Literally. This is so good. And there's 
so, so many things that I want to touch on within that. But the last thing that kind of popped up for me as you were talking was um, uh, kind of this drive I've had to do the same or have the same view of it. I felt guilty for so long for wanting more money, for wanting to make money, for wanting to have impact. And I wrestled with that for a really long time. Why do I feel guilty about this? Why do I feel guilty about like wanting to have a lot of money? Because I know, like you were saying, you know, the changes that we want to see in the world, I know that money equals impact, right? And so um, that's kind of the first thing that popped up for me. Do you see a lot of people who are dealing with that, like they want to double and triple their income, but there's that guilt around money or having money? Oh my gosh. You know, I think it's like an epidemic amongst women, especially. And there's so many places to start with it. Fundamentally, we grow up, there's two major taboos in our society, sex and money. And we talk more about sex than we ever do about money. And I hold that if we talked more about money, we would all be having better sex, frankly. Um, and so ultimately, um, there's and there's so many things um, that are taboo about money for women. And I think, you know, I can hit on a couple of the main ones just for those of you that are listening or watching. One of the main ones I think is ambition shaming, which is that as women, we are told don't be too big, don't make too much because if you do you will lose love right not find a man um or a woman or um also you won't have enough time to be a proper mother or a proper daughter or a proper sister proper caretaker whatever your roles are and don't get too smart because if you're too smart you'll be a bitch right you'll be a know-it-all and, and so we are faced with this sort of like, it's ambition shaming and we do it to each other and we do it to ourselves. We look at other women who are successful and consciously and subconsciously we tear them down um, because we don't feel like we have permission to be successful ourselves. And then we look at ourselves and we say things like, I have enough, I shouldn't want more, I, um, I don't need any more, I should be grateful for what I have. And we, and we don't allow that inner driven one amongst us to emerge. And I, I think that's one of the first things we need to really shift as women is to say, I'm allowed to want more. And I'm allowed to be ambitious. I'm allowed to be driven. And not only am I allowed to be ambition and, ambitious and driven, my ambition and drive create more more love, more success, more abundance, more friendship, more partnership. And as it creates more for me, it creates more for everyone. And then the other piece that I think we have to watch, and this is a little touchy, but I think it's important, is how are we responding to other successful women? Because it is an epidemic. Uh, You don't see a lot of successful men tearing other successful men down. You see men boosting each other up. You see men looking at other successful men and saying, if he can do it, I can do it. Go, 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 because you're just creating more inspiration for me. But with women, we often, without realizing it, have to make the next successful woman wrong in some way in order to make it okay for us. So I think it's just something we all have to watch out for, right? Is how are we responding to that woman on Facebook that seems to have it all, 
right? Where are we going in our head with that? Where are we going in our commentary with that? And can we move to a space where we can start to say, if she can do it, I can do it. Go girl, because your success paves the way for my success, right? You're figuring stuff out for all of us. Um, and that's really important as we, if we're gonna start to shift the legacy around money. So good. and. Uh, this is completely random. And so I don't know why I'm even mentioning this, but I was laying in bed this morning because I woke up really early and I was reading this random article and I don't even know when it was from, but it was talking about how Martha Stewart had become like the, the latest self-made woman billionaire, like the next self-made woman billionaire. And I was thinking just how incredible. So I started reading into her story and her backstory and, you know, she's been through a lot of different things. And I started reading into, you know, um, all the stuff that went down around her, you know, prison term and, you know, the stock market, all of those things. And um, I found myself thinking, gosh, all of that happened back in 2005. And I remember at that time, um, I was way younger, I would have just been having my first son. And I remember at that time thinking like, oh, my God, what did she do? And, you know, playing right into that judgment. Oh, Martha Stewart. And oh, and she this and she that. And I found myself this morning now, 15 years later, 18 years later, whatever, however long, I can't math, um, 16 years later, looking and going, you know, actually reading the story and reading how like they were still in the appeals process. And she just said, I want to start my term now. Like, I want to take care of it. I want to start my prison term, get my time done so that I can go back to, to living my life. I want to own up to my mistakes. And then and, and it gave me a completely different perspective that I read it now and I thought, how courageous, like she made some messed up financial decisions, you know, in investments and got involved in some really sticky things there. But at the same time, she also stood up and said, let me just take care of it, you know. Um, and it offered me this really, I guess, kind of different perspective of taking a step back and being able to look at it from that way instead of judging her, you know, and looking at like, wow, it's incredible, her story and the things that she's been able to build. So I feel like that just kind of played into what you were talking about, about that silent judgment we put on each other oh totally totally the silent judgment that we put on to, on each other and i don't necessarily think it's all all of our entirely our faults right i think we are echoing the judgment from men you know and and the masculine and in our in our society but we just have to be aware of it that's all right because we don't realize we're echoing it i was just i watched this morning a video um, from Scarlett Johansson, who is the only female Avenger, right? And so, and they did this clip of all the questions that she gets asked and how all of her questions are so different from what they ask the male Avengers, right? Um, and like, so they had like a, a clip of her at a press conference and they asked uh, you know, one of the other male guys the question of like, you know, what do you think of this concept of the black hole? And it was like a very esoteric conversation. Then they turn to her and say, what did you do to lose weight to fit into the black widow costume? And she called it. She just said, why does he get the esoteric questions? And I get asked what vegetables I eat, right? Like she answered it kindly, but she did call it out. And I, I just think we need to see it. We need to see it and we need to see how we subconsciously echo it with each other. Like, you know, we all do it. <laughs> we walk into a room and the first thing we think is like, look at her outfit, look at her shoes, right? Like, and we try to make, you know, we try to sort of um, pin on each other what the world pins on us. And I think that 
we can really start to shift that if we're just aware of it. Yeah. I love that. I think awareness is so powerful because yeah, we, it's like, we're automatically stacking ourselves up and measuring ourselves up to everybody. Like, where do we land here? And um, like you said, just being aware of it and then being able to kind of snap yourself out of that, like, it's not, you know, it's not a comparison. And it also plays into a scarcity mindset when we're doing that comparison. Um, you know, especially as business owners, you know, we start, oh, she's doing that. I have to do that. Or I'm going to miss out on that. Or, oh, she's stealing my clients or, you know, those things. Um, and also being able to steer away and steer more into that abundant energy that there's, there's plenty for everyone. So are these some of the kind of things that, that, like, did you have a big moment that really flipped things around from you? You were crying in the subway. And then, you know, was there any, like, was there a big transformation or was it just like all of these little steps, like you said, finding the marketing? Do you feel like you were being led to the right things after that? <laughs> I think, I think so. I, you know, really what it, what I realized during that, so I gave myself a year to figure it out, right? And during that time, I realized that there are five main steps to make money. And these are the steps that I teach, these big categories to the women that I work with now and, and to the women who I help build their six multiple six and seven figure businesses now. Um, and the first step is understanding that your relationship with money, understanding, and we, we, we touched on that around, for most of us, we are consciously or subconsciously putting one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas in our business and um, every day, all the time. And the foot we have on the brake relates to our relationship with money. What is money going to do to us? What happens if I make money? What is money gonna do to my family? What is it going to do to my personality? And because we haven't really worked or seen that, we tend to not show up in full capacity and we tend to hide. Um, so that's step number one is really shifting your relationship with money um, so that you can really start to own the, your fears around it and um, step into attracting it with full grace and full ease. And then the second step is to focus on revenue generating activities. So most women I know who I have sales conversations with will say, Monica, I'm doing all the things, I'm doing all the things, I'm doing all the things, but they're not they're not doing all of the things. Um, they're doing the things that are on their to-do list, which means they're doing things, <laughs> but they're not doing the things that generate revenue. And so I really focus on making sure that you're doing at least three revenue generating activities every single day before you start your day. The number one revenue generating activity is sales, having a sales conversation, asking for money. And then the third step is tracking your numbers. So the thing about tracking your numbers is that most of us work way harder than we need to be working. I think the number one value for most women I work with is not money, it's time, right? Um, ultimately, we want, we want to make money to create more time. <laughs> most of us um, are wanting to have time for ourselves and our family, but the key to having more time is knowing which numbers to look at as metrics for your business to see how you're doing. Um, and the numbers tell the story of that more than anything. So I teach which numbers to track and knowing that, tracking the numbers that are working for you. The fourth step is dynamic planning, which is making sure that you have a, week, a daily, weekly, and monthly, quarterly, and a yearly plan 
for your business. Ultimately, if what you want to do um, is to have more space um, in your in your life, then you've got to make a plan for your business. Um, and so, I think that planning is the highest form of self care. Uh, and most women are not doing it, right? They're, they're hoping and praying and they're using that as their tool to sort of go or they kind of do a daily plan but not a yearly plan. Um, so it's just not helping them. And then finally, the fifth step is rinse and repeat. And rinse and repeat is all about staying with something long enough to have mastery and excellence. Uh, and what I find with so many women entrepreneurs is that they just don't have that, right? Like they are, they're so busy flipping from one business idea to the next business idea, one marketing idea to the next marketing idea, that they, they never stay with anything long enough to be able to consistently grow their businesses. I feel like, have you been hiding out in my office? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you have just given us so many gems there. Um, I had a couple extra questions off of that because all of this, I'm just like, oh man, I'm such a fly by my seat of the pants person when it comes to planning. So just like, yep, you're talking right to me. And I love how you say it's the highest form of self-care because I do find when I plan myself out in advance, I'm way less stressed. I'm way more present with everybody during the day. It's just all around better, right? Um, so that kind of, that, that was a really great quote. So when you're talking about the revenue generating activities, I, this is an experience that I had recently. I, I get really bogged down in the back end stuff and we're warned again and again and again, don't get bogged down in that stuff. So I, for a long time have been editing my own podcast show. Right. And I found myself on a family vacation recently and, um, I hadn't gotten all the work done that I needed to get done before. So then I was like in the stress of like, Oh, I don't want to edit podcasts on vacation, but I took my stuff with me anyways. And then I was like running up against these clocks and stressed out and all of that. So it was at that point I said to myself, like, you are so stuck in, in backend stuff, right? Editing this podcast and getting all of that, that detail stuff that you're not able to actually create and build this vision, right? Be the visionary of the company because you're stuck being the podcast editor right now. So um, that's when I told myself, like, I have to, to find somebody, right? This has to be that it's that time to let go and it feels scary, but it's that time to let go and create more space and time for myself so that we can go, you know, that the business, myself, we can go to the next level. So um, just sh you shared with us that um, one of the most important revenue generating activities you said was getting on a sales combo. What's, what's some other revenue generating activities that we should really be focusing on <laughs> instead of getting stuck in the back end? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, fundamentally, if you're, if you're a business owner that is busy all the time, understand that you're not doing the revenue generating activities. Like, um, well, if you're, I should say, if you're busy all the time and you're still not making the money that you want, right? I think it's important for people to recognize that um, because I find that 
And typically it means that you're in three different categories. Number one, you're doing, Christy, what you're saying, which is that you're focusing too much on admin work. You're building your own newsletters. You're building your own podcasts. You're editing your own websites. You're, you're making your own free gifts. And you've got an, in, a belief in your mind that you don't have the money to outsource that. But really what it comes down to is a fear um, that you don't know what you're doing. Right? Like you don't know what you would do with the extra time. And so therefore, there, there's this feeling of falling into something that's very comfortable, which is the admin work, right? So that's piece number one. Piece number two, or category number two, where I see people wasting a lot of time and energy, is, it, is they're doing things, they're taking too long to do things. I meet clients all the time that take five hours to write their newsletter or five hours to write a promotional email. And that is a case of needing to upgrade your skill set. Right? You've got to actually figure out what do I need to do differently in order to do this well and efficiently. Uh, and most of the time that comes from a lack of business coaching. If you're not following a structure, you're not following um, a skill that you could learn from somebody else who's, who could just show you the steps on how to do it. And instead you're engaging in perfectionism. Um, and perfectionism is a fantastic place to hide. You know, and it allows you to hide and again, not move into an area where you could get rejected. Um, and then the third piece I see is people who are just um, engaging, they're not necessarily even getting their work done. They're just involved in overwhelm and confusion um, on a daily basis. And so they, they can't even claim that they are crossing things off their to-do list. They're, you know, they can, they're just, they're sort of in an emotional place around their businesses. And for something like that, I would say that, again, you need coaching, right? You need somebody that's gonna like pull you up from your overwhelm and confusion and, and, and help you create a structure for yourself to follow that you may not, you know, and again, it's fear. It's being gripped by fear that is causing that. So to answer your question, Christy, you know, whether, again, all of these categories are totally normal. If you're in them, there's nothing wrong with you. This is the case of most beginning entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that haven't had a lot of guidance, right, on how to get themselves out of these scenarios. But fundamentally, the other revenue generate, like the number one revenue generating activity you could be doing is doing a sales conversation. So the other revenue generating activities are activities that generate sales conversations directly, quickly, and immediately. Um, and the number one activity to do that is speaking, speaking in front of people, ideally. So podcasts are great, videos are great, but you don't know who's gonna watch them and you don't know who's gonna download them. So what's even better than all of those is find yourself a live audience. Um, and when I say that, people are always like, oh, that makes so much sense, but then they don't do it. And again, the number one reason you're not doing it is because it's not easy, right? It takes so much work and energy and effort to get booked on talks. And then it takes so much energy and work to go do them. Um, and, uh, and then there's the energy and work of preparing for them, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll tell you that if we, you know, what I've now built two companies um, and Revenue Breakthrough is my second company. My first company, I, did, I had a Holly homemade hobby website um, I did. I had a list of 250 people, and I built that company to six figures using speaking events alone. 
um, how I built revenue breakthrough when we went from 300,000 a year to 750,000 a year was all speaking. Um, and to this day, I have found that my highest conversion rates come from speaking. So ultimately, um, there is a shortcut, but it's not an easy shortcut. <laughs> now there are other, so you know, I would say that's the number one revenue generating activity. Um, the second is sponsorships in my book, um, and then and then webinars, and then what comes after that are all the other activities that are flow from that around visibility, videos, lives, podcasts, interviews, etc. Um, but remembering that those activities will only work for as many people as you're in front of. So I have, I think there's a lot of business owners that are literally, they're, they're kind of delusional or they're deluding themselves because they're posting on social media or they're doing videos or they're doing lives, but they don't have a big enough audience. They simply don't. And they think if I just keep doing it, somehow it'll make it better and it won't. It won't, right? The only real way for you to grow your platform is to grow your audience. Um, and so um, I find, and so, and if you were to do a study of any major successful entrepreneur, what they, what you would see in common is that all of them had some sort of chutzpah. And what I mean by that is they had some sort of risk taking that put them in front of a large crowd early on. And in doing that, they made quantum leaps forward. And so I find, and so if you're listening to this and you're sitting on a gold mine, whether it be like that networking group that you go to and you've never been a speaker or your sister's friend who works at an organization that you've never really reached out to to see if you could do a talk, uh, do it. Do it because you need more exposure to really generate those sales conversations and to get to where you want to go. Ah, incredible. And that opened up a whole new can of worms for me um, <laughs> of, of questions. I'm sure we could talk on and on and on and on about this. So you have given us so many incredible nuggets. So what I want to know is if somebody wants to come and work with you, is this something, do you walk through like all of these, helping people with all of these different things that we've talked about today? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, the best place to start would be to download. I have a free gift for everybody because the number one question everyone asks is the one that you just did, Chrissy, which is what are the revenue generating activities? Like, I get it, Mon. I need to do more sales conversations. You know, you're, 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 you're singing my song, but what do I do? So I created a gift called the Done For You Money Making, Money Making Marketing Calendar. It's a mouthful. And, uh, and it has the nine top revenue generating activities in it. It has a chart that you can print out and fill out for yourself. It's got the frequency of how you're supposed to do them and an explanation of each activity. Um, and so because I get that question, I get asked that question so often, I was like, I might as well give this to people so that you can really start making this world, get, getting those sales conversations and then changing the world. So you can pick that up at revenuebreakthrough.com front slash marketing calendar, revenuebreakthrough.com front slash marketing calendar. A shorter URL is marketingcalendarnow.com, marketingcalendarnow.com, and you'll be able to pick that up. And if, if you're thinking, gosh, you know, I would really love some support in my business, I also want you to just, I want to invite you to just reach out to us directly. You can do that at support at revenuebreakthrough.com, support 
at revenuebreakthrough.com and we're happy to set up a conversation with you, chat with you about your business, chat with you about your money stuff, whatever's coming up for you as well. And then we have a Facebook group where I do two videos a week. Um, that's also a great place. There's over over 2,700 entrepreneurs in there right now. Um, everyone is really fun and supportive. So if you're looking for a lovely place to hang with, with your peeps, um, go to revenuebreakthrough.com uh, front slash FB group. Uh, revenuebreakthrough.com front slash FB group. And FB stands for Facebook group. Um, and you can join our Facebook group as well. Wow, you have so many uh, incredible things for us. So thank you for that. Um, I will make sure you can scroll down. You'll be able to to find all of that in show notes so you can go straight there. I know that I'm going to be going and downloading the marketing calendar <laughs> and printing it out. I'm very excited about that. So I hope that everybody else listening is as, is as well because I'm like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to download that as soon as we're done. So I have to thank you, Monica, giving your time, being here today. I feel like we could have a whole nother conversation. I have so much more to ask you, but I also know our time's uh, uh, running, running to the end of our time. Um, to kind of close out, I also, I wanted to ask one last question. You talked about numbers and when you talked about numbers, I felt myself internally cringe because that's just not my persona. I'm in the creative space, you know, and I actually spent over the weekend because I'm do it yourself, <laughs> do it yourself, putting it together still. Um, I was trying to mess with like Google metric tags and all of that. And I was just like, I'm done. I have to, to find somebody who's actually, I can try to learn it or I can hire somebody who already knows what they're doing. Right. I'm trying to switch into that mindset too. Am I going to spend time learning something that somebody else could do better? Or do I want to strengthen my skills and focus on where my, you know, skills are? But question, Christy, the question, um, what's, what would you say the most important or maybe some of the top two or three most important metrics are that we need to be looking at in our business? Um, we need to be tracking our revenue daily. Right, so we need to be looking at how much revenue am I bringing in each day. The next uh, metric we wanna be tracking is how many sales conversations am I having a week, right? And I recommend at least three sales conversations a week. And what's my conversion rate, which is how of the sales conversations that I'm having, how many of them are turning into clients? So good. So good. And you teach us how to do all of that, right? <laughs> Walking us through all that. So Monica, thank you again, being here today for being willing to share so much with us to give us so much insight. Um, I think it's beautiful because like you say, the more information and knowledge and power that we can give to women, the more and more changes we can see in the world. So it's incredible. Thank you again, Monica. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Christy, for doing this. And um, any, and thank you for all of you that are listening and watching. Here's to all of us making more money and making this world a better place. Yes. Yes. Scroll down, make sure that you connect with Monica and myself and let us know your takeaways from the show and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the self project podcast. Make sure that you scroll down and you check out the show notes so you can connect with our awesome guests from today and also come over and follow me on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin to see more of what I've got going on. 
Make sure that you subscribe to the show so that you can get regular updates and I will see you next time.